You're listening to Down of the Frame Podcast. Seems like the opening of some bad action film. Oh. Oh, dude, that agitation's working for it. Look at how brown that is, dude. We've received a call from the engine shop. It's mixed news. It's gotta be high enough. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <Hit> it. <laughs> you just need a good cleaning. I think it's perfect. Well, it's not perfect, but it might work. The rush is immediately attracted to the Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the sound. That's a sound, dude. That's like a thing, though. Hi, Down to the Frame. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get down to the frame. Welcome back to Down to the Frame podcast, everybody. Today I have with me my co-host, Jacques. Still, that still sounds weird, but hello. <laughs> Why? Because it's not the other podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The podcast we don't mention. If you guys want to find out exactly what that other podcast is, you can go to Smalls Talk Podcast on Spotify. It's, uh... It's a different atmosphere over there, you know, earmuffs, kids, earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I have a topic that's pretty relevant to me right now and to the market, honestly, whether or not you should build or buy or, you know, if you want to flip that, buy or build a home. Mm -hmm. Obviously, right now, inflation in the U.S. is extremely high. Home prices are extremely high. You could probably get a house that used to be probably in 2019, maybe like a $350,000 house. Uh, you could probably get that for, yeah, I don't know, like a cool half mil, like 500,000 now, that's which so is crazy, dude. insane. And that's maybe for like a well-maintained 1970s home too. Like that's not, you're not getting a 2005 house for that price. So mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy. I want to start, start off by talking about why you would want to just buy a home. I think personally, the biggest thing is that some people just like to see the finished product first. You know, mm -hmm. you have, everything's there. It's just a, a plug and play situation, right? You know, you can go on Zillow or Redfin or wherever and and take a look at that home, go through it and see exactly how it's going to look when you walk through the door the first day of ownership, mm -hmm. which has massive well, value. Right. And one thing too is it when it's a pre-made home, you don't have to worry about like the schedule of like building a house. Right, right. Because there are some situations where it's like if you're if you're leasing somewhere, you might not have the the Runway. timeline <laughs> to go out. Yeah, exactly. Because any project that you have, like especially something as large and complex as a house, like you're gonna set a timeline with your builder, or if you're building it yourself, and then that timeline's gonna explode. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to just go in, buy a house, maybe you need to do some renovations and stuff, but you can do that while you're living there. Like yeah, my. Not everyone has that opportunity to do that. There is definitely value. It's like it's like really big value to be able to exist in a home and modify it if you have the space, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if you were to if I was gonna go buy a home and I was like, okay, I wanna do renovations towards it or on it, I would probably look for a home that has a garage because I could use the garage as a staging area. Like a buffer zone. Yeah, like yeah. material and everything like that you can keep in the garage. You can do work out in the garage and bring it in the house and maybe yeah. section off portions of the house as you move along and remodel the home. Well, if you, if you, another thing too is like if you, if you're able to get a house that needs some work, you'll probably be able to get that for cheaper than a house that's like completely turnkey done. So. Yeah, you can get it cheaper, but there's that cost of, yeah, you have to worry about all the problems, you know, because a lot of the problems when it comes to a house, if you could get a house that, let's say, the foundation's good, right? But, you know, the rest of the house isn't really maintained that well. Well, then chances are you're going to have things that are failing that 
are probably gonna need to be fixed right away that could be like a hot water heater that could be an electrical problem which is you know a big risk and that's usually going to require you know somebody to come in and actually maybe shut off the power or it could it could result in like the loss of the home and potentially life so there's a lot of risks to buying a place that's run down and modifying it yourself it's just kind of what risks are you willing to take because also while it is easier to move into a home and renovate it as far as like getting in the house timeline for you to live in it and renovate it it's going to actually take probably longer to renovate it when you're living there than as if rather than building a home and having it all like new you know what i mean because if you're building a home yeah. new chances are you're going to be paying these contractors to build it and finish it in a timeline whereas when you're living in it you have to dance around your schedule your schedule and you're living you know you have to exist in the home too so you're not going to be doing work while maybe you're working from home on your day job whatever you're you're living in it and trying to renovate it which kind of just is chaos <laughs> yeah i mean i've heard of people like living in houses and then working on them to flip them over time yeah you could like a long-term like, that that's a thing that yeah. happens yeah and i think that's great for I mean, really, I think that's great and anybody should do that anyway. When you move into a house, it should never just be like, okay, I'm going to live in this house unless you just built it brand new, but I'm going to live in this house and not do any maintenance and renovations to it. Like mm -hmm. at the bare minimum, painting is a renovation to a home. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. type of stuff and maybe fixing doorknobs and maybe updating some lighting here and there or, you know, updating a faucet. Well, dude, I... I I feel like even if you, I mean, I've never had this experience yet, but even if I went and built a house, I feel like I would still do work on the house even after the construction is done. Really? Because I feel like you, there's no way that you can think of every single thing that you want it and exactly how you want it until you're like living in the space. That's true, but I, I, like you'd probably be able to get it way more accurate to the way that you like ideally want it, but I feel like there, there will still be, I don't know, I, I feel like it would kind of be like a car where like it's never, completed yeah like you're always doing some things or you're moving stuff around you're redoing shelving stuff like that i feel like or you don't like the way that the kitchen's laid out i feel like there's always going to be that like opportunity and that could just be like us you know like as we're yeah. always looking for efficiencies and what we actually enjoy doing that kind of work so that could just be like a mindset that it's definitely that's not everyone yeah, has it's definitely but. a unique to our type of personality but I get what you're saying. I think that wanting to change your home is not, it's not just a function of our personality. It's really a function of time. I feel like it's kind of human Yeah, nature. it's a function of time. Yeah, it's like human nature. You're going to eventually yeah. want to change your home. Uh, changing it right away, though, for me, I don't know if I, uh, a brand new home, I don't know if I would want to do that because of my appreciation for how well something is done new. The, the drywall, the everything basically so once you touch it you're going to notice a patch you're going to notice something's off here and there you know like unless you're very mm -hmm. good DIYer, you're probably going to notice some of those changes happening and even if you don't notice it mm -hmm. you know it's there because you did it <laughs> right you're like yeah behind right. there is kind of a patch job right there you know like you just will know those things but yeah buying a house you don't have i mean if you buy that's one thing that's probably easier if you buy a house operating off of the idea that you're going to want to modify or renovate it anyway, then it's probably easier to buy an older house that you know isn't perfect and and you're more okay with renovating it yourself because you're like, hey, it's been around. It's seen some stuff. 
the walls aren't walls and floors aren't 100 percent plumb and level and all that and like it's okay that i mm -hmm. take this project on and not hire a professional to do it because i you know nobody's going to notice that oh hey that that wall is a Say like an eighth inch out of plumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. What are you talking from experience? Oh, or? no, a quarter of an inch out of plumb is my experience. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I hate, I hate framing. Yeah, well, there are people, people that are good at it. Like my dad's really good at it. I'm like, I'm so envious mm -hmm. of that. And my, I think it's just because like I'm not, I don't have experience with it. But I, I'm itching for another framing project because are you well i've been watching the framers at work i'm a apprentice electrician for commercial stuff and you know they got lasers set up and they plumb it and i see the way they do it i'm like man i would really like to to build a wall assembly like that and you know from the surface when you're looking at the steel studs because the way they have to kind of cut everything together it looks kind of like a mm -hmm. mess but once the drywall mm -hmm. goes over it and you're like dude that's all tied yeah together. it's you're like dude that thing is dead straight and you're like wow mm -hmm. it's impressive it, dude it really it is. really is impressive and i just think it would be very satisfying to do that i i can't really do that in the home i live in because nothing really is it's not like the rest of the house is level and plumb <laughs> dude just go like stud by stud replacing it with metal studs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know hey it's it's another thing that like like i said i'm not worried about building a wall assembly for the first time because I know the house isn't perfect as is. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I was in a new house, I'd be like, ooh, I, I would just stress so much. And if I did it wrong, I'm going to notice it every day. So, Well, that's why schedules, I think that's one of the reasons why schedules end up blowing out so far. Like, especially if you're doing the work, because one thing that could happen is you think you know how to do it, and then you figure out that you don't know how to do it, and then you have to learn or you have to redo something. Yeah. And that just takes a massive amount of time. Yep. Like the time it takes to to put something together that you know how to do, like electrical stuff, is going to be way faster than learning how to do stuff. Right, and that's why there's trades. That's why, you know, you don't have a bunch of handymen building a building. You have a bunch of specialized contractors because it takes time mm -hmm. to learn each trade and a lot of time. Right. So yeah, if, and even more time to redo the shit that you don't do correctly the first yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. So especially in, like you were talking about with seeing it every day. Like I, I would want, I would be so anal retentive about like making sure that everything is perfect. Yeah, yeah. And I've had to break out of that because it just doesn't make like I could lose sleep over stuff and have to like you mm -hmm. know cost myself tons of money to just try to get it dead nuts perfect. But it's not right. That's that's funny i've had to do that too especially because i i live in a place like your your apartment's gonna or your house is gonna stay in your family probably yeah. but like this there's like there's no way i'm buying this house mm -hmm. that i'm living in so like if it doesn't look the best like it's way better than it was before but i've been i've been having to get into that mindset yeah. too and that's of like not having it be 100 percent. right so you have that that's a risk of buying a uh, home that's already built and renovating it yeah, it's just like hey you're gonna notice something and, mm -hmm. and or you're going to want to change it and you live there and you have you know there's a risk of you're modifying you're renovating it and you live there so it's going to take longer but there's also the risk of like you're living there so when you're doing it you're going to be like oh let me change it during the process like there's so many risks to buying a pre-existing home and just basically opening up a can of worms that's going to probably cost you more in the long run than if you were to go hey i'm going to build a new house exactly the way i want it with professionals that know how to do the job really well and boom there we go you're gonna be okay with it it's kind of like uh when i used to modify cars right 
if I bought an older car, I was obsessed with making it look and feel and drive new. And if that obsession really didn't stop until I was like, okay, you know what? If that's what I'm obsessing over, I'm just going to go buy a new car. And going and buying a new car that costs $24,000 probably has saved me tens of thousands of dollars in shop visits and stuff like that and just discomfort in general because I'm not chasing that in something that's like already beat up and you have to basically patch it nonstop, you know? Mm -hmm. One thing to keep in mind is that a 1970s house that is built with different code and different building science than today's homes. So if you buy a half a million dollar, if you were to compare buying a half a million dollar house versus building a half a million dollar house, you're going to have so many more expenses in that already built half a million dollar 1970s house because it's not built to the energy efficiency standards of today. And there's a lot of grandfathered in stuff that, you know, poses a risk. For one is... Uh, let's talk about electrical panels because that's one. That's probably one of the biggest risks is mm -hmm. what type of wiring's in that house? What type of breaker or breaker switches are in that house? Mm -hmm. Because in modern day homes, you have very advanced breaker systems that can detect not just if there's an overload on that circuit, but it can detect if you know a heating blanket is shorting out on a bed that could catch fire. And it will shut the circuit off. Or you have a short in the wall. A short in the wall or arc fault. Yeah, breaker. or there's a, a ground fault, meaning, you know, there's electricity going to a metal housing somewhere and energizing that housing that you might not know. You know, if you have like an outdoor outlet that is a metal box and it's not properly GFCI protected, that metal outlet could be energized and a kid could run up and touch it. Mm -hmm. And if that kid touches it and then touches another uh, metal something or grounding, the electricity is going to go through that person. So mm -hmm. new, which you can swap out these panels, but new modern day breaker panels have this safety technology that basically eliminates almost all of the issues of the past, you know? So, and to you can upgrade the panels, like I said, but to come and have uh, a professional do that, it's already right there is going to be a couple thousand, three thousand, four thousand dollars to do that. Yeah, well, even up, well, upgrading the distribution panel doesn't, or the service panel doesn't necessarily protect the home either, too, because like there, there could still be faults in the wiring. Right. Yeah. So like going into like rewiring a whole house is like a whole other project right. too. Yeah, because so. I mean, let's say, let's say you upgrade your breaker panel, and now you have one breaker. Everything's yeah, one tripping. breaker, two breaker, three <laughs> yeah. breakers that's tripping, and you're like, well, yeah. if you keep resetting it, you're you're degrading the breaker. And you're also, mm -hmm. you're, which is making it more unsafe. And then, you, you know, there's still a problem. Like you have to go and find those things and that takes time and money. Right. But if you buy a new house, you can go and you can make systems like that a little bit more robust. Maybe you run 12 gauge instead of 14 gauge to the whole house for wiring size. So it's a little bit of a bigger mm -hmm. wire. It can handle more power and... Uh, if you, you know, 10 or 10 gauge or 10 gauge, you know, home runs <laughs> down to 12 gauge branch yeah. circuit stuff. So, you know, mm -hmm. you can do some, some cool stuff with it that is future proofing and safety proofing even further than you would be able to. Dude, if I, if I was to build a new house, I'd put conduit everywhere. Yeah? Wow. <laughs> or at least like, I'd at least have like conduit runs like in key spots. I would wall. do conduit for data. That's a whole nother topic yeah. for itself, but but I would, I would definitely do conduit for data because data is constantly changing and increasing. Whereas electricity, if you, mm -hmm. 
you could probably jump up to 10 gauge and that house would be set for power for the next 10 years uh, not 10 years 100 years mm -hmm. <laughs> so but yeah data for sure because then you can if it's you know say we have cat 6 cable right now for i think that handles cat 6 handles maybe 10 gigabits a second something like that is it 10 or 100 I, I don't know. <laughs> but basically, when technology for data transfer advances, it's not like 10%. It's usually like double. So mm -hmm. the chances of you needing more bandwidth on a, and on a cable uh, for a data cable is way more likely than it is for electricity. Um, so then I, I would probably do conduit to all the rooms and have data run through that. So you could just yank it out and snake new data cable when needed. Uh, but mm -hmm. 10 gauge is literally, 12 gauge is probably going to say be fine for the next 100 years. But, you know, however you want to build your house. <laughs> also, <laughs> I mean, running 10 gauge through a house is not, that's not cheap. 12 gauge is probably half the price of 10 gauge. So you'd look at doubling your electrical uh, budget instantly. But think of the capacity. Yeah, you could probably run 240 volt to each room if you wanted to, but <laughs> we... just do welding stations in each yeah. room for no reason. Just in case, just in case your kids have to weld their Legos <laughs> what together. What if I want to weld in the nursery, in the nursery dude? <laughs> right. Yeah, so I mean, it, it all comes down to what you want to use the home for, but yeah, building a new house, you can make those changes. Um Yeah, well one thing to consider too is like building a new house, you're you're going to need to hire people. To do certain things like unless you're like in a master electrician or you know how to pour a, uh, a foundation yeah like there are people that you're gonna have to bring in like yeah to to do those things like you're there's no question of you being able to do it by yourself yeah you're gonna have to work unless on you other are people. like a master of three things right? yeah which is rare i don't even <laughs> yeah. think that's a thing I, I know a foundation guy that also is a master electrician and a master plumber right uh, i don't think it's impossible but it's very very rare um yeah i i would say you're you're right you have you're working on other people's timelines, not just your own. Whereas if you own the home, you can work on your own, bring people in when you want. Uh, but you have to think. Well, the foundation is another big thing too. Like if you buy a house that has a shitty foundation and you don't catch it in the inspection, yeah, that's like a whole like nightmare scenario to deal with. Yep. And you know, if you're buying anything pretty much before, I want to say 1990. Anything before 1990, there's a risk that the foundation isn't waterproofed properly. And it's cer almost 110% certain that the foundation is not insulated in any way, shape, or form. So if you wanted to make that a living space, you have to come up with uh, a very comprehensive insulation plan. And that might be, you might be losing two to four inches of space all around just to make sure that you have proper uh, a vapor barrier and insulation layers for a living space if you wanted to finish an unfinished basement in an older home mm -hmm. that's another great point too you can if you're building a new home you can make sure that you kind of future proof it with plumbing for underneath the foundation you you run the risk of when you're buying an older home if they didn't do any like radon testing or any drainage provisions like there's one thing, you know, when you're building a foundation, you have your, you need to make sure there's any gases that are underneath the foundation are not coming up into the house. So you need to vent those gases. You need to waterproof the foundation, but you also need active water management to make sure that that waterproofing layer isn't your only hope because chances are that waterproofing layer is going to fail with within a certain amount of water coming at it. If there's water sitting mm -hmm. on that wall all the time, it's going to come in. 
it's going to find a way. Dude, water's tricky, dude. It'll find little cracks right. and little holes. And in the building community, they talk a lot about down and out. So that when the rain hits your house, it comes down and you want it to go out and away from your house. There's there's so much you should one of the things you should always if you're building a new home, even if you're trying to renovate it, find a way to get those gutters and those drain pathways to flow, start flowing onto the ground after the house or at the lowest point of the house and after the house so that it's not going under the foundation, not hitting the foundation. Like you really got to get that water away. And chances are there's not going to be in older homes, there's not going to be that good of water management. I can almost guarantee it. It's just not something they really cared about. Actually, that's that's a lie. It's something they did care about. And then modern building came along, quote unquote, and overhangs got smaller and gutters got less few and far between. And I don't know what happened, but they stopped caring about it. If you look at some old, old homes, mm. you're like, oh, wow, there's like a four foot overhang and these beautiful copper gutters and like everything's flowing away from the house. It's almost like we just were like, oh, we have technology now. We don't have to do that. But we, you do. <laughs> so that's a huge point. News flash, you do. You do. So there's a lot to worry about when it comes to buying an old home and the foundation. It's not just, hey, is it structurally sound? That's great. If it is, how long will it be that way? <laughs> you know, and if you want to use that space, you know, maybe you're buying it because the foundation is structurally sound and it's it looks like it can be a finished space. Well, mm -hmm. wait till the rain hits, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're standing in two inches of yeah, water. Yeah, get the moisture meter out. Check the moisture in the concrete, <laughs> you know. So there's those risks. What would you do? Would you buy or build? We're, That's an interesting it's question. It's an interesting question, but I, let me make it more specific. If you're for the same price, let's say- For the same price. Yeah, for the same price, we'll put $500,000 on the table Buy or build a home, single family home in the same location. I don't care to hear about the lands cheaper in Texas than it is in Boston. That's it's irrelevant. So a couple things I initially think about. I I'm in a living situation where if I did have to build, I could in terms of the timeline because I I don't have a very rigid lease. Mm -hmm. On the other element of time, I don't. I work full time, so I don't have the opportunity to work on it during the week, mm -hmm. like full time. If you were to buy a house and renovate it? No, if I was to build a house. If you were to build a house. But what if you, we, it's funny that you assume that you're the owner builder. That, I mean, that's just because of our family. Like we would be part of the building process, but let's just assume. Well, that that's how I would frame this. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't contract somebody to buy, to build a house. But most people would. Unless it was like. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sorry. I was thinking about it from like that perspective. I hadn't thought about it from like somebody else. Yeah. Let's just say you have your day job. You don't want the stresses of it. You're going to pay a general contractor to come in and build your house. Well, if it's the same amount of money, it's like, there's no question. I would just build a new one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like if it's, if it's the exact same money, although like, I don't know if I get the same satisfaction. Like I feel like there'd be an element of satisfaction with renovating a house and making it better. Yeah that I think you wouldn't necessarily get with a new house. Absolutely. And we have to address the elephant in the room. It's the money factor is not just $500,000. $500,000 will buy you a brand new house and you can move in within a month. $500,000 will not give you a livable home within 
10 months, basically. So if you're going to spend that $500,000 to build the house, you have to also address the fact that you need a place to live for 10 months while this place gets built. So whatever, you know, and, and you still have to pay for the, you know, you're paying double basically what your rent is, <laughs> you're doubling you know, up. cause you right, have to pay right. rent and maybe you can live with a family member or something like that. Like you can kind of hack it. Maybe you don't have kids yet. Uh, or just like sent a, once the frames or the, the foundations built, just put a tent in there. <laughs> right. Like something, you know, but if you're, if you have a family and you're looking to build a home, you have to be like, oh, okay, like we got to keep the kids in this school system. So you have a restriction there. You have to rent a place in that school system that you're moving into eventually. Because why would you, I mean, yes, you could move anywhere you wanted to, but to take the kids out of a schooling system it, within a year, you know, that's like silly, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just assume you want to stay in the same school system. You, you want to stay in the same distance from work you it's very it's difficult you basically have to come up with a 10-month runway and an additional year of living payments before you go and build this house on so on top of the down payment for the house what down payment for the construction loan or whatever you have to mm -hmm. have another year of living expenses and that just almost seems next to unrealistic for today's society Unless you have this hacky situation where maybe you're not paying market value for rent right now, or maybe you're you're single, or maybe you're you know you don't have kids, I, I just it seems all, next to impossible unless you both have substantial income to come up with that type of cash. Yeah, no, it's definitely it definitely makes it like way more complex when you turn when you put in the timeline and also the the existing elements along with like trying to keep you in a certain area yeah for a certain amount of time and i know that building materials right now are expensive uh so you're gonna have that kind of premium for building right now and there's short delays and stuff like that in construction because of that uh so there's those costs too what happens if you can't finish the house you know it's maybe it's gonna take a a solid year maybe a year and a quarter to finish it because of the market right now mm -hmm. uh so and that's something you can't control you can't like when you go to start the process yeah. the material could be available and then once you get to the part where you're actually procuring that part it could be not there like it could be not available right and it would be and then you're just stuck right and, and you <laughs> which would not be ideal you're like oh well why don't i just buy everything up front and and keep it on site well you can't <laughs> unless you have or, yeah um, it could get stolen yeah like it, it you have to think about security. You have to think about all of the vehicles moving in and out of there. And the if you have to dig up your yard for a septic system, like, well, you can't keep your supplies there. Mm -hmm. You have to think you have to keep building supplies for a, a house is probably footprint wise double the size of the finished house so double dude i, I it's probably way higher than maybe that. even higher than that like all the framing material right. all the plumbing all the electrical well, let's just say three times the size of the house like are you buying yeah. a 10 acre lot that you can keep all that stuff <laughs> yeah. in the like keep everything on yeah it. like it you can't buy and anything. then have a bunch of shipping containers that you can lock <laughs> right like because along with those the higher material costs like theft has like skyrocketed it has it has and unless yeah. you're building in you know a rural area then you know you have that risk 
you have that risk. You even have risks from the contractors themselves doing, you know, taking things. No, well, that, yeah, that's one of the bigger risks. Yeah, is that they're, yeah, because they don't they don't give a yeah, shit. You know, they're like, oh well. Especially if it's just some like hired guy, like if it's not the main guy, you know. Yep. You know, you can always play it off like, or they can play it off like, oh hey, you know, I'm gonna take this spool of ten two that you know he wanted to upgrade his home and. You know, who's going to notice a 100-foot roll of 10-2 missing? Maybe it didn't get delivered. Who knows? You know, like, there's so mm -hmm. much gray. Uh, but I, I think if you are, if you don't have family, well, you should have family. But <laughs> if you don't have children, <laughs> we'll say. Get a family, idiot. Yeah, if you're single and you can afford all that, do it. If you're uh, a couple and you don't have kids yet, now's the time to do it. Because things are going to get a lot more. Do it as in build or do it as Sorry, in... Sorry, yeah. Do it as in build a home. Build a home. Mm -hmm. uh, because once you get into the realm of children, it makes everything more expensive. So... Uh, <laughs> and life just gets way more yeah, complicated. Yeah, you have to... Your time's taken up. You know, Your DIY time is going to be even less than it is now if you were to buy a house and start renovating it. Well, get those kids swinging hammers early. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, maybe. Get that kid up on a ladder running some pen, too. <laughs> maybe your kids are of age to do that, but maybe not. Who knows? Uh, yeah, so I think if you're going to build a house uh, and you're, well, if you're going to build or buy a house and you're in the age of 25 to 30 and don't have kids yet, now's the time to do it. I think now's the time to do it, regardless of the, the costs, because it's only going to get more expensive as you get older and have family and and it's expensive in many different factors not just monetary but it's expensive uh if you're if you already have a family i think buying a home probably and maybe buying as close to new as possible might be a good idea that way you're mm -hmm. not dealing with a runway holding costs all that stuff and yeah maybe pick a room to to renovate here and there and maybe you pay a professional to do those renovations. That way it's kind of an in and out type of deal or, you know, or maybe you add an addition that allows you to maybe move a couple bedrooms into the addition for a bit. And, you know, there's ways to do that, but uh, it all, it, it's all about piecemealing when you have the house already and, and, and trying to find a way to renovate comfortably. Um, any closing thoughts on that, Jake? You think we hit all the points? No, I think it, it. I think I think we did. I mean, we really, I we we, we really could have gone more into detail on both topics, mm -hmm. like do's and don'ts of buying a house and do's and don'ts of building a house. Uh, that might be topics for future podcasts. So if you enjoyed this one and you want to hear more details about it, specifically, uh, you know, building or buying, yeah, send us a an email at down to the frame. Where would they send that? Down to the frame at gmail.com. Uh, or Instagram down to the frame any anywhere Facebook we have all the social medias and and contacts that way if you know me personally uh, you know that if you get me on a, a rant about construction I, I will talk to you uh, forever <laughs> uh, <laughs> one oh before we head out though I do also want to say if you are a family that is sensitive to allergens or uh mold or anything like that maybe health you know you need to have a nice clean environment i think building new also is a great great way to do it because it's it's really difficult to get an old house to have 
the technology, the HVAC technology that cleans air and recovers energy from the HVAC system, like it's very difficult to do that. So build, consider building new if you foresee having environmental needs for clean air and stuff like that, or health needs, I should say. All right, guys, thank you for listening to Down to the Frame podcast. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel, Down to the Frame, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya.